you'd remain standing, please, for our scripture, which comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 8. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten young bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Now five of them were wise, and the other five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't bring oil for them, but the wise ones took their lamps and also brought containers of oil. When the groom was late in coming, they all became drowsy and went to sleep. But at midnight there was a cry, Look, the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. But the foolish bridesmaids said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps have gone out. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. Good morning. Today we're going to be wrapping up our sermon series where we're thinking about ways that we can refuel or refill our reserves that we have drawn upon over the past couple of years. And so each week we've looked at uh, intentionally ways that we can focus on God and that we can look for God to refill us and to refuel us so that we are filled with His grace and that we are able to make it through the challenges that are before us. And so we've done some simple things like setting aside five interrupted minutes a day as a way to get in contact with God. We've looked at how God can and will give us his strength, but we have to ask for it. We've seen how God has told us through Jesus that we are the temples that he has chosen in which to dwell now in this place where God has chosen to reside on the earth. No longer does he require a temple or a tabernacle in Jerusalem, but he requires you and I to open our hearts and to be his work and to do his work here in this world. And then finally, we've asked last week how we might focus or or change or evaluate what we are doing and what we're placing our focus and our emphasis on in our day-to-day lives rather than God. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at a scripture reading that comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Now, I'll be honest, it's Matthew 25, and uh, this parable comes after a larger teaching that Jesus is giving. If you go and read in Matthew 24, Jesus spends a lot of time uh, telling the disciples and telling the crowds of what is about to happen. And so in Matthew 24, he spends time telling the crowds about how he is going to return and about how God is going to separate the sheep from the goats. And, you know, uh, the sheep are those that God places on his right hand, those that have chosen to listen to him and follow him. And the goats, we know, are, are the ones that have chosen not to. And so in this parable, it comes right after this long series of Jesus talking about the end and of the kingdom of God coming And I'll be honest, it's one of those that it's kind of a tough one for us to read. It's a tough one for us to think about because it's part of a larger series. And it's tough because we don't want people to miss the wedding feast as Jesus tells us about it or the final victory that we read about in the Gospel of Matthew and then in the other portions of the Scriptures. Especially when the bridesmaids who miss the feast are only able to do so because they've neglected their lamps and they've neglected the amount of oil that they have chosen to bring and to have while they are waiting. I think this parable is also uncomfortable because if you go and if you read it, Jesus only tells this parable to the crowd and to the disciples, which I guess makes sense. He did that with all the parables. He told them to the crowds. He told them to the disciples. But I think what makes this one a little different is that often in the parables, Jesus tells this parable, and then later he returns to the parable, and he says an explanation. 
And so he might point out and say who the characters are made to represent or what happens or what it means in terms of, of the listener's relationship with God. But not this one. In other parables, Jesus, you know, he would take the disciples off to a different place. And so he would uh, preach a parable or tell a parable and, and then he would get the twelve and they would go out into the hall and he would say, all right, this is what this means. For this parable, Jesus doesn't do that either. He leaves it open and he leaves it unexplained. And so he tells a parable of ten bridesmaids and their lamps, and that was it. And so there's lots of different interpretations for this parable, and I think that it can first get us thinking about how much we're attention we're paying to our spiritual life. Because this parable can get us thinking of the ways that we might renew and refill our love and devotion to God and to Jesus. But we have to do this by making sure that we're renewed. That we are refilled and that we're ready for whatever comes next. If it's Jesus' return that the disciples have waited for for 2,000 years, we need to be ready. If it's something else that Jesus has placed before us to do his work and to accomplish the task that, that he has for us, we need to be ready. If the event is to give of ourselves and to serve others, we have to be ready. See, I think in this parable it can say to us, yes, it talks about the final victory and about the kingdom of God's return, but it also can talk about us being refilled and refueled and ready for whatever that God has laid on our hearts and whatever that God has, has for us to do and serve and worship and in, and in action and in the other things that you and I I do as Christians see in the parable five of the bridesmaids were ready they had oil in in their containers that they had brought when the bridegroom was approach, approaching they poured the oil in their lamps they got them ready and they were ready and and so when he came they were able to light their lamps the five that did not have oil that did not monitor that they had lamps in their oil were unable to light them and so the scripture continues by saying that they had to go find oil, and when they came back, the doors were already shut and the party had already started. With the metaphor of the story being that they had not remained in contact and remained in touch with God. See, as I read this parable, I think, and, and as I think about it in terms of, of how we have God refuel us and refill us, I think we can easily look at this parable and, and see how the Holy Spirit is the spiritual oil that God pours into us. That God gives us to, to keep burning, to keep us going in the faith. That His is the oil that we are able to run on. And without that oil, we are just empty vessels striving to fill whatever the emptiness it is that we fill with anything else. And so whether that's an addiction or a habit or a relationship or it's even change, whatever it is for you, We all have this internal drive or desire that is created for us to be in relationship with God, that if we're not in relationship with God, we strive to fill it with something else. And so we might try and fill it with something else, and it doesn't fit perfectly, and it doesn't always sit right to us, and it doesn't always take us to a place where, where we are good, because we try and cram something else in there. where really there's a yearning to be filled by the presence of God, filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit that fit per fits perfectly. 
that gives us long-term benefit, that gives us the long-term fulfillment, that gives us the long-term satisfaction that so many of these other things don't do. Friends, this is because we are designed to run on the Holy Spirit. To fuel us in the same ways that gasoline fuels your vehicle, God has designed to fuel us, the human machine, to run on His Spirit. In his book, on, in, mere, uh, in his book Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote this, that God Himself, He Himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. I mean, is he not saying what the Scripture tells us about um, how the Holy Spirit is, is what fills us and what drives us and what motivates us and what gives us the, the energy to go forward? Because he says it best. I don't think anyone else, I mean, you can't rewrite that sentence any better in saying that we're designed to run on the Holy Spirit of God. And that's how we run at our best. Because we're designed to be filled with the fullness of God, we're designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so for us to run at our best, though, we have to be actively seeking to be refilled by God as as we decide each and every day that we're not going to be controlled by the craziness of this world. For us to be refilled, we have to, to do the things that we've already looked at and talked about. We have to, to set time aside. We have to focus on God. We have to build our faith. The, the five bridesmaids that, that ran out of oil weren't doing um, that. And you know, if you look, I think it's interesting. So go back to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 25. No, and nowhere does Matthew 25, does Jesus say that the five bridesmaids were in the wrong place, does he? Because where were they? They were with the five other bridesmaids. So they were in the right place to experience God, to encounter God, to listen to God, to learn about God, to do all of these things. But for whatever reason, they chose not to make sure that the oil that they had was enough for them to enter the party. Do you see what Jesus is saying on that one? They weren't not, they weren't the right, they were in the right place. But they were just caught neglecting their lamp. They didn't ensure that what they had was what they needed. And they were left outside. I mean, we can be in the right place, can't we? And not ensure that we have the oil of God fueling our hearts and our spirits. We can be in the right place on Sunday morning or any other time of the week and not doing the things to make sure that God is really fueling who we are and what we are and how we're filling that void in our life that's meant to be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. See, these ladies, the bridesmaids, did not ensure that what they had was what they needed. They weren't ensuring that their tanks were refilled and refueled. They needed to do what you and I need to do, which is constantly pursue a life of faith to refuel. One of the ways we can do that is practicing Sabbath that God gave the, the Israelites in, at the very beginning, that God gave them in the book of Exodus was the practicing of Sabbath, the day that they were to have a part, to be refreshed, to be renewed, to be focused on God. And throughout the Old Testament, if you read the, um, the prophets, you know, Katie and I, we just finished, uh, we've been reading the, the Bible through a year on the app, on version, and so a few, I guess a month and a half ago, we were in the prophets, which 
Some of them are really interesting. Some of them are a little repetitious. But I think if you go and if you look at the practicing of Sabbath time and time again in every prophet, when the people of Israel are not practicing the Sabbath and not honoring their, not honoring their neighbors and doing the things that God has called them to do, I think one of the first things you can see is that's when the prophet comes in is when they're saying they're not taking time to, to, to look at their relationship between them and God. And that's usually the first sign. And then the next thing you read about the prophet reading about um, them setting up altars to Baal and Asherah poles and other things and offering sacrifice that, that is not sacrifice to God. And, and the list goes on. But in all of them, I think it often begins because they choose to worship other things and they don't choose to set aside time for God to be in Sabbath and in relationship with Him. Because when people do that, they're honoring one another. And they're being the community that God wants them to be. And when they take themselves out of that, they find themselves with their tank so empty that then that's why God sends the prophet Malachi and Micah and Haggai and others because their tanks are empty and they've begun to cry out to him. Friends, for us to renew, we have to practice intentional Sabbath or rest like the, the Old Testament tells us to do. We have to know that in our rush each and every day, we succumb to the enemy sometimes telling us, you don't have time for rest because you have so much more that you need to get done. You can't rest because everything else is more important. You can't take the time to, to, to read your Bible because you have all this other stuff going on. You can't spend the time in prayer because, you know, you have other things that, that need to happen today. But I'm going to tell you, if we're not at our best in here, then we can't be in our best in anywhere else. For us to have our tanks refilled by Jesus, we have to put ourselves in the place for Him to do so. For us to do that, we have to renew ourselves each day to renew our love and devotion to Him while uh, creating areas in our lives where we are able to be refilled. And so maybe some questions we can ask of ourselves, and obviously it's different for each of us, is just what opportunities am I providing God to refill us each day? Do I need to make that trip or drive when the rest of my week I know is already going to be overflowing? Do I need to make that call when I know that I don't have the energy or the attention to deal with it? Do I really need to watch that show or that movie when I know that I need to be something else? Maybe what we need to do is just ask Jesus the plans that he has for our lives. Plans that keep us connected with him. Plans that keep us in relationship with him. And plans that keep us in communication with him. Friends, we have to put God's center so that we can draw on His strength as He refuels us through our habits and through our routines, through regularly rooting ourselves in God, knowing that He will refuel us throughout the day as we love Him, as we give Him allegiance, and as we choose Him over everything. As worship and prayer are a priority, and as Jesus refuels us in the best way possible. See, I can't tell you here's what you have to do because for each of us it's different and it's the way that God speaks into us and fills our hearts. But if we ask Jesus to refuel us in the best way possible, then we know that for each of us, He is going to, to work in and through our lives and speak into our lives in terms of others. 
so that we can be refueled, we can be refreshed, we can be refilled, and so that we can be at our very best, so that He can use us, not for our glory, but for His own. Amen.